What's up everybody? Good morning and welcome to our Sunday morning online Water's Edge worship experience. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you share these links with your friends, thank you so much for doing that. Encourage someone who's hurting. Man, I think they'd get a lot out of our services. Just to let you know, we are back meeting in person live at 9.30 and 11.15 every Sunday at our auditorium. So we're back there. Nursery's back open, all that kind of good stuff. So if you would like to hang out with us live and in person, you can do that each Sunday, 9.30 and 11.15. Or if you'd like to hang out with us on your couch, in your living room, online, in your pajamas or driving down the road, whatever, thank you so much for doing that. Our food pantry is going to kick back up again in just a few weeks. We're in desperate need of food donations. So if you can donate any food, it all goes to a great cause. And for those of you who are continuing to support us financially, thank you so much for doing that. It's allowing us to help out tons of people and serve tons of people. We love you. Thank you so much. A couple of weeks ago, we started a brand new series about having pride in our community, our community, our local community that has been through so very much and the people in our city and in our community that has been through so very much. We have endured difficult times. We've seen difficult times. We've been through difficult times. We've rebuilt and we're still trying to rebuild through difficult times. We've come back and we're still trying to come back through difficult times. But God has placed you and I here for a reason. God has placed our church here for a purpose. And this is the reason, this is the purpose, to instill a sense of dignity and pride back into our community by showing our community God, God's kingdom, and God's love. We are here to make the love of God and the kingdom of Jesus Christ visible to a hurting community so we can bring some pride back to our city. I remember the first time that I had to spend a week away from my son Jagger after he first learned how to communicate and talk. He was right around two years old and he was talking to me well by then and I had to go preach a youth camp in Talladega, Alabama. And the hotel where I was staying at was kind of out in the woods and there wasn't any good phone service. In fact, my phone didn't even work at the hotel where I was staying. And so in order for me to talk to my son at the time, I would have to drive down this old country road like two miles down from the hotel pull over on the side of the road when I would finally get a couple of bars on my cell phone and I would FaceTime him there for like an hour sitting on the side of a country road in my truck. We were connected, but we were far away. I still found a way to talk to him, but we were far away from each other. He was my son, I was his father, but we were far away. He loved me, I deeply loved him, but we were still far away. Even though we were communicating, it still felt far away. And as a father, I remember I couldn't wait to get out of Talladega, Alabama and get back to Lake Charles so I could see my son and be closer to my son. Because every father, every parent, every mother wants to be closer to their children. But I had to make the effort. As the father, Jagger wasn't able to make the effort back then, so I had to make the effort to draw closer to him. My dad passed away a little over two years ago. And I never remember a time in my life where I wasn't close to my father until he passed away. But there's three places where I can go where I feel close to him again. One place is here at the water's edge. He helped us start the church. I still remember where he would sit on Saturday nights and on Sunday mornings. I remember him paying attention. I remember him calling me afterwards almost every time I would preach and tell me that he thought I did a great job and what he got out of it. So I always feel close to my father here. I feel close to my father at his grave and I feel close to my father on my mom's back porch. Now, as a son, I don't want to feel far away from my father. If I don't want to, then I have to make the effort now as a son and go to those places where I sense him and I feel closest to him. Sometimes, as a father, I had to make the effort to get closer to my son when we were far away. 
And then sometimes as a son, I had to make the effort to get closer to my father when I feel far away. And in a similar way, I wonder how many people that you and I know, or even how many of you today feel far away from God, like God is so far away from you. In the book of Psalms, when David is praying, he even says this. He goes, how long will you stay so far away from me? He goes, I cry out in the morning and you're not there. I cry out at night for you and you don't listen. I hear other people talk about how you listen to them and how you answer their prayers, but you're not doing that for me. You feel so far away. And this was a man that the Bible describes as a person after God's own heart. I wonder how many of us right now listening to this feel like God is far away and we're far away from God. The Father is always making a move towards you and I. The problem comes in when you and I stop making our move towards Jesus and towards God for whatever reason. Maybe you've been hurt by church and so you stopped moving towards God. Maybe religion gave you this awful, awful picture of Jesus, this awful picture of God and it wasn't the right picture and so you stopped moving towards God or maybe it was your own choices or own regret or own temptations that caused you to stop moving towards God but he's always moving towards you and I so many people around us today feel so far away from God but here's the big question what does that have to do with our vision here as a church we are surrounded by people that have been made to feel like God doesn't want them and they feel far away from God so what does that have to do with our vision here at the water's edge. Check this scene out in the book of Acts. Paul and Barnabas are explaining to the leaders of the Christian church, who were all Jewish leaders at this time, that God has been visiting the Gentiles, and Gentiles are starting to follow Jesus too. They're getting saved too. They're becoming Christians too. But the leaders were all at this time were Christian Jewish men. And they had these old religious Jewish legalistic rules that they brought over into their Christianity. And they were forcing on everyone. One of those was this. If a Gentile wanted to come into the Christian church and follow Jesus, then the Jewish leaders at this time would tell them that they had to be circumcised before they could do that. And so could you imagine like all the women going to the new Christians class? They were like, cool, this sounds awesome. And then all the men are kind of hanging outside in the parking lot going, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to go in. They're telling me in order to be the member of the church, I, I have to have a surgery. I mean, this seems very difficult, you know. And so James, the half-brother of Jesus, he's watching this all play out. And he's watching some of these Jewish Christians sort of impose their legalism and their religion on the Gentiles who are wanting to follow Jesus too. And this is what James, the half-brother of Jesus, who was a Jewish Christian, this is what he said in Acts chapter 15, verses 13 through 19. Notice this. When they had finished, James stood up and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God visited the Gentiles to take them for a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted. As it is written, afterward, God says, I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it so the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles. All those I have called to be mine, the Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago. And so my judgment, notice what James says, so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are trying to turn to God. So notice the breakdown. James says that it's always been God's heart to love and to redeem and to change all people, all races, all people. He loves everyone. And James said that these religious rules that the Christian leaders at this time were forcing on other people, this legalism, traditions, do's and don'ts, all this kind of good stuff, was causing the Gentiles 
to turn away from God because it was making it difficult for them to follow Jesus. More difficult than was necessary, more difficult than it should be, and much more religious than it was supposed to be. Church should be a gathering where anyone who's been made to feel far away from God should be able to come to and experience love and grace and mercy and acceptance without the difficulty of religion getting in the way. A place where people can come just as they are. And that's our heart. A place where people can come and experience the love of God and the spirit of God and let God take them the rest of the way. But they first feel welcomed and at ease to come just as they are. God knows people's hearts much better than we do and he can change their life in a more efficient way than we can, which brings me to the next aspect, aspect of our vision. And this is what it is. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Notice this today. We exist to tear down walls between God and people who feel far away from God. If anyone has been made to feel like God doesn't want them, we want to get the religion out of the way so they can understand that God is their father too. If anyone's been ever made to feel that God doesn't love them, we want to get the religion out of the way so they can understand that God is their father too. If anyone's been made to feel that God won't forgive them, that they're not good enough for God, we exist to get the religion out of the way so they can understand that God is their father too. If anyone's been made to feel that they're not holy enough or strong enough or perfect enough, we exist to get all the religion out of the way so so they can understand that God is their father too. Understand this in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Notice what it says. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. People and religion will evaluate you from the outside. But God sees and God loves and God changes our hearts. And so to all the left out, we want you to know that God loves you. There's no religion here. And God is your father too. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus is preaching in Capernaum and he's staying at this house. And one day when Jesus is teaching at this house, it's packed. People from everywhere come and they pack this house out just to hear the teachings of Jesus. And there was no more room in the house. Well, these four friends had a paralyzed man and they knew if they could get their friend who's paralyzed to Jesus... Jesus could help this man and heal this man. And so they go to this house and it's so packed because the people won't move out of the way. They can't get him through the door. So they look at the window. They're going to get him through the window. But it's so packed because the people there, they just want to listen. They don't even need anything. They just want to listen to Jesus teach because it was so awesome. They wouldn't get out of the way enough to get a paralyzed man through the window. So the window wasn't an option. The door wasn't an option. And religion's always that way. When people who are hurting and they feel far away from God finally decide to come to a church, most of the time they feel judged. They don't feel welcomed. They, th they feel looked down on. They feel discouraged. All the doors are shut and all the windows are shut. And so these four friends said, you know what? We're desperate to get our paralyzed friend to Jesus. Let's just get on a roof and tear a hole in the roof and let him down on his pallet right before Jesus. And so while Jesus is teaching, <coughs> excuse me, pieces of the roof are hitting Jesus in the head because these guys are tearing a hole in the roof and they let this man down. Notice the scene. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying the paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man down on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins have been forgiven, and then he's healed. They can't get him through the door. The windows are not options, and so they get creative and get on the roof. Tear a hole in it. Let the man down right before Jesus. 
Religion was keeping this desperate, paralyzed man away from Jesus. The door wasn't an option. The windows were not an option. So let's get creative. Let's tear a hole in the roof. People in religion will evaluate your outside. But God sees, God loves, and God changes our hearts. So to all the broken ones out there, we're the ones who want to get the religion out of the way. We're the ones who tear a hole in the roof because we want you to know that God is your father too. The water's edge is a tear a hole in the roof, church. We want to welcome anyone any way we can. Why do we serve? So we can tear a hole in the roof. Everyone is welcome. Why do we feed? Because we're trying to tear a hole in the roof. Everyone is welcome. Why do we shelter? Because we're trying to tear a hole in the roof. Everyone is welcome. Why do we do recovery on Tuesday nights? Because we're trying to tear a hole in the roof. Everyone is welcome. Why do we do pantry? Why do we do Sunday services like this? Why do we stand with the marginalized? Why do we open our hearts to everyone? Because we're trying to tear a hole in the roof. Everyone is welcome. In James chapter 4, God says if we draw closer to God, God will draw closer to us. You don't have to be far away anymore. People in religion will evaluate your outside. But God sees and loves and changes our hearts. So to all the hurting ones out there, we want to tear a hole in the roof, get the religion out of the way so you can understand that God is your father too. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says that he's the living water and the bread of life. People in religion will evaluate your outside. But God sees and loves and changes our hearts. So to all the searching ones out there, we're the ones who want to tear a hole in the roof to get the religion out of the way so you can understand that God is your father too. In the book of Exodus, it says that Moses would talk to God face to face like a man talks to his friend. God loves us. God pursues us. God desires us. God wants us. God changes us. People and religion will evaluate your outside, but God sees and loves and changes our hearts. So to all the lonely ones out there. We're the ones who want to tear a hole in the roof, get the religion out of the way so you can understand that God is your father too. So that leads me to this question. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Why are we doing this today? Why are we here today? If you're joining us online, why are you doing that? And if you're here with us in person, why are we here? Why are we worshiping God? Why are we gathering with each other? This is why. For one specific reason, and this is our vision, to worship God and to make God known to those who feel far away. We're not just here for ourselves today. We're here to draw close to God, love God, worship God, follow Jesus. But we're also here to welcome and invite, welcome and invite all of those who've been made to feel far away from God so they can understand that God is their father too. So to all those who've been made to feel that there's no room for them because of religion, for all of those who can't, who can't get through the door and they couldn't get through the windows, here we are today, tearing a hole in the roof for you and for me. People in religion will evaluate your outside, but God sees and loves and changes our hearts. So to all the faraway ones out there, we want to tear a hole in the roof, get the religion out of the way so you can understand that God is your father too. I was walking my little dog, Tank, the other day, little French bulldog, and as I was walking him down the road, an older man who stays in our neighborhood saw me, and he was driving his car, and he stopped, and he backed up. He goes, Pastor Tony, he goes, you don't know me. He goes, I just want to thank you for what you do. He goes, I see you. I know who you are. You don't really know who I am. He goes, but I know that you're real. I know that you don't pretend. 
I know that you're not fake. He goes, I know that who you are here is who you are there. He goes, I just want to tell you, I appreciate that. And I appreciate your church. It's so refreshing and so welcoming for people like me. And I said, what do you mean people like you? And this is what he said. He goes, well, I have bipolar. He goes, I have no family. He goes, I have a lot of friends who are struggling just like me. He goes, and every Sunday, that's the only place that we can go to where we all feel welcomed and loved and nobody looks down on us and it helps us worship God and it's helped us get our faith back. I just want to tell you thank you for creating a church for people like me. That's why we do it, to get the religion out of the way for the people who can't come through the door or the windows. We tear a hole in the roof so everybody can understand that God is their Father too. So we're here to worship God and to make God known to the ones who feel far away. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. We love you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to share this with someone. Can't wait to see you back next week.